Sign up with BetMGM Sports using code CAPITAL200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 Moneyline wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Hi there, I'm Adam Kirbas and this is my novel Life Choices. Anne Farrell was an average student. She's not very smart indeed, but she has some sort of a beauty. Her face is impeccable, her skin, her eyes. She's a beauty, she's a real beauty. And she's known in school for being a beauty, this gorgeous woman. And she gets a lot of appreciation for her beauty. She's known her classmates appreciate her for being the most beautiful girl in school. However, Anne feels some way inferior because she was not she has no womanly forms. She has no big boobs. She's rather flat-chested. And she has no broad hips. From behind, she looks like a boy. And she was even sometimes made fun of. Of not being feminine enough. Of not being... Having these female curves. Everyone aspires. Everyone looks at in women you see in the, on ads you see in all kinds of ways in stores on television wherever you have it you see some sort of a real womanly forms which are being con- considered as beautiful in the society and and competes with this image she feels this Pressed by it, uncomfortable. Especially her mother, her mother, Mrs. Farrell. She is womanly. She's homely and womanly. She has these curves, she has big boobs and and somehow does not seem to fit the image of her mother. They resemble each other, yes, but her mother and Anne got aware of it. Of it. Her mother attracts more gazes. And Mrs. Farrell knows that she's a, she's a beauty and she enjoys the gazes of all others. But for Anne, are the gazes of all others, it makes her uncomfortable because, because she cannot keep compete with her mother, because she feels that she was betrayed of something in her life. The gazes of all others seems to be as if they were gazing on her deficiency, that she is not woman enough. And Anne imagines man 
being being thrilled and excited excited by women who are feminine with broad hips she sometimes imagines sexual intercourse where men are thrilled and excited to be around real women with broad hips and big boobs and and heard some of the girls in school when they mock men when they mock adolescent boys who are, who are in puberty and some of them and and saw it as well got an erection when they talk to a girl or when they saw a naked woman on an on a book and Anne knew about this because she had sex education in class some of the boys would giggle but others and Anne could see it had an erection and she thought to herself whether she would ever be able to excite a man in such a way that he would get an erection and he and in Anne's day dreams and imaginations she always out competes her mother she some sort of has an over edge over her mother she tries to comfort herself yeah may yeah maybe she may not be as beautiful or as womanly as her mother but she imagines she has this appeal this something people can't see of or you don't get aware of immediately but which is something for connoisseurs for people who appreciate real beauty whatever it is and Anne imagines that either her voice her appeal her appearance would in a way or another excite a man so that he would get an erection when he is around her because Anne whenever she would stand naked in front of the mirror she would always keep comparing herself to her mother and she saw a couple of times her mother naked and the image has seared itself in her brain she cannot she cannot flee it she cannot escape it miss Mrs. Farrell is indeed a gorgeous woman and it hurts Anne that she can't compete with her and it leads occasionally to some outbursts to, to some quarrels between Anne and her mother she said there are days especially when Anne thinks or feels that she does not get enough attention from men she detests her mother she hates her because she thinks that women like her mother they steal away the good guys because Anne thinks because she has not this beauty because she has not this physical excitements because she has not this physical appeal man 
need to look into women's hearts. And Anne is convinced of it, that she is somehow different. She is not super official. This is how the important save themselves. Whenever they can't compete with others in a, in a physical contest, they always go for the inner values. We have, we are more, I am more than meets the eye. And Anne tries to soothe herself with this notion. It is true that she cannot compete with her mother sexually, but it is not true that she would not have sexual appeal, that she would not have this excitement, this thrill a man eventually will feel around her. And Anne is convinced that if a man would see her true nature, if someone would see how she truly is, then he would get excited by her and even get an erection. And in a way feels herself need, feels that she needs some sort of ap appreciation from the opposite sex, that she is worth an admiration, that she some sort of can occupy people's and boys' and men's cases, that she has sexual appeal. But it is revealed deep inside her. And because of this competition with her mother Anne, some sort of adopted character traits which make her or should make her seem that she is down to earth. That she can be this girl from next door. This girl who can talk about baseball, the girl who is beautiful, but still is tough though, the girl who is not superficial, the girl who cares about the boy and this, this all-American boy who is troubled, who is trouble, who has a difficult dark past, he cannot talk about this all-American boy who is grudgy, who is some sort of, has a fixed skin, and people, especially superficial women, would not see through it. This is the appeal. Women like Anne try to gain, or the favor they would get for in surpassing all these superficial women. And Anne thinks that she would have more appeal to this all-American boy, the one who needs comfort, the, the one who needs understanding, this deep hurt soul who needs a woman who, who is not superficial but understands him, a heart of gold. And Anne imagines her Self in her dreams, in her day dreams, how she would excite this boy, this all American boy, this guy who has troubles and understands him, would understand him, would talk 
to him would have an open ear for him and Anne would be patient with him if this all American boy would listen to him see his worries see his true nature and would give him comfort and she would be paid for it paid and she would be repaid for it with a great gift with passion with love with with unimaginable desire this all-american man who happens to be a real man huh? who happens to have rich age edges but never the less is strong is manly and this manly man is excited and thrilled to be around Anne is erected by her feels an erection whenever Anne is around wants to be with her wants to kiss her wants to show her to his friends who are rough in a way or another but he and this is sheer imagination of Anne that she then tells tells to all his friends what a good girl Anne is that she has a good heart that she's a heart that she has a heart of gold and this goes around around so that all men all men would then come to their senses and they would imagine or even abandon their superficial but womanly women and then go for women who have a heart of gold who are understandable who know what they feel and who see and are patient with the all-american boy And these dreams, they are the sweetest for Anne. She lives for, for those dreams and they give her great relief because the competition with her mother wears her out. She has to face her every day. She has to look at her mother every day, her broad hips, her big boobs. It drives her crazy, Mrs. Mrs. Farrell is a real eye catcher. So it happened that Anne developed a character which is not only down to earth or, or at least try to appear down to earth. She has or shows herself deliberately to have a compassion for people who are not fortunate enough, at least not fortunate enough as Anne, Anne imagines that and the unfortunate all-American boy looks gorgeous, looks manly, has a lot of muscles, is a real eye-catcher, but has in a way a dark past and only Anne seems to have a cure for it because of her inner values, because of how she is and how she is around this boy so that she and only she can comfort him and giving and give him a 
purpose and Anne imagines all those superficial girls and women wherever they might be, wherever they live, how they would some sort of abandon and go away or some sort of do not take care about all these people so that these superficial women that they would even turn their backs to the, those who really need them and her dreams get them more sweeter this is the day dreams of many adolescents and later of many young adults who have not experienced life who, or who didn't who did not who did not come across a lot of well well fed or well being suitors who did not experience life so far and live in all these imaginary scenarios and those imaginary scenarios more and more became either templates for for the real love they will one day meet or will leave them in deep bitterness and they will some sort of escape in a world in a fantasy world where they imagine a perfect scenario a perfect being where they would have imagined where they would have perfect love where they would have everything they crave and wanna be and their self indulgence would not have any end so it happened that one day jason bigs and ann met this was because compared to all her classmates ann as well did not have or tried to not have any prejudice this is against normal common people and was well is well off her parents are doing well she's from the upper middle class and she attends a private school but nevertheless she tries to be around normal folks at least those whom she thinks are normal which she assumes that they would be normal and Anne likes to be around them, show them self if common as she dines at a at, at a place where she thinks normal commoners would frequent the it it is the same diner. Frederick Malham's mother is working and she always is there looks there, eats there, she's all alone, her attitude, some sort of made her an outcast because most of the young girls and young women in her age, they rather have other issues to follow. They have not really grasped the severe competition among women that they have to face, face every day. And they rather in in longer in a period of younger life in a period of of 
childhood. So one day when Anne walks out the diner where Mrs. Malhelm is working, she comes across Jason Biggs. Jason Biggs was going through the trash because a lot of people threw away a lot of throw away a lot of stuff. This this happens quite frequently, especially at diners and Jason Biggs big Biggs use goes through the trash of diners to find food. Sometimes Mrs. Malhelm would give him leftovers, not knowing that Jason Biggs is actually acquainted with her son, Frederick, for Mrs. Malhelm, as well as for Anne, all these homeless people, they all look like the same. It's either the stench, it's either the ever dirty wrecked clothes. They do not really seem to have any faces at all. And Anne looks at them the same way. And when Anne saw Jason Biggs, she seems firstly was rebuffed. She thought to herself, dear, what's that? She, she smelled his stench, the stench of the street, and she did not feel comfortable around him. Jason Biggs wasn't a wasn't appealing for her. And she some sort of felt secluded and Anne would have almost ran away. Dash forward to the next stop and then get into the subway and escape. This was her first intuition. But then she saw that Jason is not interested in her at all, Jason and many homeless people, some sort of adapted to a notion that that the world out there, the world, the, the normal world, which works from, from seven to five, that this world is far away beyond their perception and they do not heed any attention to it. Then... Jason found a stopped cigarette. He did not found food, but a stopped cigarette. It was halfway, halfway smoked through. And J Jason is joyous, puts the cigarette stub in his mouth and, and starts smoking it. And Anne sees it and she stopped there. She Freeze. She thought to her to herself, and she remembered that in school, in order to bond with her classmates, they would always smoke, smoke together. This is something exciting. This is something thrilling, and she felt as if she would be bond. She would have to bond with Jason. Say something to prove to herself that she is this un conventional woman, this down-to-earth woman from next door. And she offered Jason cigarettes. Jason was 
not sure what it meant because and still is this clean beautiful girl young woman teenager who offers him a cigarette this homeless filthy person Jason reluctantly took a cigarette but he did not know what to make of it he did not know what to say to her he just said thank you as if it was forced he did not know what what's the etiquette for it and Anne did not move along so so they stood there an awkward moment ensued and after a while Anne asked him how he was doing I mean it was a stupid question indeed you do not ask a homeless a person who goes through the trash how he was actually doing well it can't be good obviously <clears throat> however Jason smiled and just said I'm doing fine not no a beautiful woman had talked to him for a while he did not know any any beautiful woman who ever talked to him he still remembered his old girl old girl girl friend who abandoned him and it had some sort of appeal to to bond with and to be around her to to talk with her even though he did not know what to say he was still reminded of the past he still thought of her old girlfriend and and her appearance her voice was some sort of the open door back to the world he was he he abandoned and he still in a way or another clinged on to maybe one day he he fought on dire days maybe one day I can go back there maybe I can still open the door still find the key somewhere and then enter this home this warm place I abandoned for the street and Anne had this something she had in a way appeal this is true but her voice this high was some sort of a halo of a, of a world of a world of a bygone world and Jason was embarrassed he didn't know what to say and Anne just kept talking like she would talk with everyone with with her classmates or with an old friend she had not met for a couple of weeks months or even years are you around here very often no answered Jason and he felt excited that someone wants to know more about him that wants to get to know him no I'm not very around here I'm just occasionally and Jason some sort of became aware of his social stance 
he he saw himself or through the eyes of Anne or experienced him or perceived himself as this homeless person and felt ashamed and he tried to cover it up he tried to seem or give the impression that he is actually not homeless at all, that he does not live on the streets, but ha would have a home, would have a place to go. So this entire moment became, in a way, really embarrassing. But he imagined and hoped for that Anne would not mistake him for a homeless dude, because or else she wouldn't have talked with him. And he imagined, and he imagines that probably Anne thought of him as a n normal ordinary guy and this is the reason why she talked to him this is the reason why she started talking to him and he wanted he wants to indulge in this notion a while longer wants to make her believe that he is this ordinary guy you, you can talk to you can ask random questions like how you are doing we haven't met each other for a while but then the this the meeting the talk the dialogue stalled only a few words uh -huh, yeah what you're doing so it became some so, sort of forceful and then Jason asked her whether she would be around her, would live around her, would go to school around her, and Anne agreed. She lives, she walks, she attends school near here, she lives around a little bit far away, not in this neighborhood. However, she likes to come here, she likes to dine here, she loves the food, she loves the people even though Anne never really socialized with the people. And after she always left the diner, she would rush home and take a bath because she fears that she would, she would caught, she, she would catch something. However, she likes to pretend that she would be this girl from next door, this down to earth girl. So she keeps the, or she, or she tries to keep the conversation going, but it some sort of is stuck. But then after a while, after some awkward moments of silence, she starts talking about her school, about the people, about class, I mean, she's nervous. She doesn't know what she should say else. This is a stranger. And she feels embarrassed as well. She feels herself as stupid. You talked to a stranger. You don't know anything about. And you do not even know whether this person thinks that you are stupid or just just plain. Maybe he wants, he even thinks that Anne is stupid or, or that, you are, that you are out of your mind. So it is not very clear, but Anne keeps talking. She wants to be engage him further. She wants to find out 
who is, what, what is it all about. But most importantly, she wants to find out whether she talks nonsense, whether she she has appeal, whether she can some sort of grab the attention of someone because she became pretty much aware that Jason is a homeless person and she's thought to herself, well, this homeless person, even if he rejects me, so what? I can talk with him. I can some sort of practice on him. I can do whatever I want. And if he does not like my company, so be it. I would just turn around and walk away. What of it? So she star. So she talks about school. She talks about her teachers. She talks about her life, and she reveals many intimate information she would have actually never revealed to a person from her social stance, from her social circumstances, because this would be not only embarrassing or, or inappropriate, but it, it would be like you would drown someone with your own life. You, you would drown someone with your own being and your, your, your world views and your life problems, that it would all appear as if you like to talk about your self, that you would be egocentric, that you would only care about yourself and not about others. So normally Anne would not talk in that sense. She would not reveal too much of herself, firstly, to be more secretive, but as well as not to appear as too arrogant and too self-centered. But with Jason, it was different. Different in that sense, Jason actually had no life or she felt it, felt it either in her heart or deeply that she can actually talk to him, that she, she can say whatever she wants. He would not object and that he cannot talk about the street because she became aware in that sense that he feels embarrassed about his life, that he doesn't feel comfortable that Anne some sort of caught him, caught him while he was going through the trash. And so she can talk about her life. So she can be arrogant. She can be this girl who is down to earth, who talks to a homeless person, but yet who is who is still arrogant or who still needs this this certain amount of attention, who need, who still needs to be the center of all attention. And Jason agreed. He's, he nodded and he liked that someone would actually talk to him. This is not very 
gekommen. He felt like normal again. And Jason thought to himself, what the, this is how it should have been. And this is what he have always missed on the streets all these years. That he did not get a face, that he wasn't given a face and people would look at him as a random dude whom you have to ignore, from whom you have to escape and stand away far enough or you could catch something, a disease or whatever you have. But Anne, and he likes to listen to Anne, hangs to every word. Her worries, her worries became, become his worries. He thinks of her life. He imagines some sort of his old life and, and tries to fit in Anne and imagines his old classroom, his old classmates and his life he abandoned and there in class he imagines Anne and him. They are leaving school and on their way somewhere to a diner. They talk about school, they talk about their worries, they do not think about the past and the future anymore just about the moment about now about all all the worries and problems one could think of an adolescent would have so no more cold no more streets no more hunger no no more starvation everything is gone everything is part of the past and now only now and here they they walk together and they talk to each other as normal strangers and Anne had been and Anne has been talking and talking for hour, for almost two hours Jason he does not object and Anne she, she had so much to tell and she could never talk about it. She could never talk about it in school because all these social etiquettes and all these worries how she should be perceived they were always in her way but with Jason things were all different with Jason she could talk about herself. She could say whatever she wants and this was such a great relief and it helped her, and it helped her deeply, and she enjoys it, talking about herself, doing something extraordinary, weird, and so on. And after two hours, she stopped, stops talking. She has been talking for almost two hours and then she stops looks at Jason she does not remember whether Jason said anything she does not remember whether Jason talked about his life did he say something did I miss something did he reveal something from his life and I missed it I did not pay attention to it and Anne is worried 
She's worried again. The social etiquette hits her. She, she feels embarrassed. She talked only about herself and and not about anyone else. She did not listen. And women supposed to be be good listeners because they have to see danger, danger to their social mask, danger to their appeal. This is what counts in Anne's mind. This is what a woman should preserve, preserve dearly. This is her apple of her eye. So she feels uncomfortable, but Jason just smiles. And then Anne gets uncomfortable. What now? What is the social idea? Kid now she had she she has forced him to listen to him all this time. And now should she just turn around and walk away? Should she just abandon him, leave him to his own fate, no matter what he does? Or should he should she meet him again? And and some some sort of feels this urge. To be around Jason again. She wants him to listen to her. She wants him to share her life or the worries she goes through. She wants to be around him again. And then she asked him whether he would be around tomorrow again. Because Anne needs time for herself to digest and process what went on in her, what went on in her mind that she would share very intimate thoughts with a stranger, someone on the street. And she asked him whether he would be around tomorrow. Again, Jason nodded. And she thought to her, Self, yeah, he lives on the street. You probably have to tell him the exact time because it must be freezing out. She imagines or, or she hopes that Jason some sort of lives in a shelter, shelter which protects him against the winter cold. No, you cannot live outside here. You cannot live on the, on the street like this she's sure of it so she tells him the exact time when she would again come to this diner and would have a meal maybe he can join her tomorrow and again Jason just nods after some awkward after an awkward moment when Anne doesn't know whether she She should say goodbye to goodbye or see you tomorrow. She just can utter a bye and tomorrow we will meet again as if it would be an order, as if she would order him that he should appear tomorrow again. They two separate.